Okay, hey, welcome to the Positive Pomona Production Studio. My name is Andrew Quinones, and we have special guest for our Pomona Promise Network podcast. Day one is in the house, and we have Mr. Daniel Fong and Mrs. Nikki. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm good. Yeah, right. thank you. You're doing well. How about yourself? Pretty good, thank you. And I, I heard you guys were driving through uh, good old LA traffic from El Monte to Pomona, huh? <laughs> yeah, we were we were uh, uh, representing at a Department of Mental Health uh, event today, and we had to make our way over here. We, you know, traffic wasn't going to stop us from missing this. That's right. You know, for years I worked in El Monte, and as a matter of fact, I was there uh, on Monday, so I remembered how it was to give an, uh, at least 30 to 45 minutes of, of your time just from from 20 miles uh, for many years I did uh, audiobooks mm. so I don't know I'm sure you guys probably do a lot of driving and 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 audiobooks are a great way to spend time right yeah I listen to a lot of podcasts yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah. now you have podcasts so now right that's yeah that's my thing to keep up with the news or I don't know like cool yeah. inventions or whatever well, now that you're uh, a part of this podcast, uh, I'm sure you'll find yourself at one point driving in, in these LA these LA freeways and you'll listen to some of our Pomona Promise podcast, huh? Exactly. All right. So day one, uh, day one, I've known day one for at least maybe five years, if not more. Uh, I've had some really great experiences and I, I'd like you to tell us, Daniel, uh, a little bit about the history and, and who is day one, what do they do and, and, and how do they serve our community? Yeah, of course. So day one, we're a nonprofit public health agency. Uh, day one actually started out in Pasadena in 1987. So we've been in the community for quite some time. And from my understanding, um, day one was really a community response to the crack epi epidemic that was happening at the time. A lot of students uh, were experimenting with drugs, were unaware of the negative side effects. So um, one of the local church and several community members uh, decided to start this program called Day One. Uh, and eventually, you know, the community needed more and more education. It became its own organization. And under the current leadership of Christy Zamani in the last 10 years, it's expanded from just being uh, drug focused in Pasadena to being health related in the entire San Gabriel Valley. All right. So from Pasadena to Pomona, from P-Town to P-Town, huh? Yeah, from one end of the SGB to the other. All right. So Daniel, what is your role with the organization? Yeah, so my role is I am the director of uh, violence prevention. That's one of our newest grants that we have at day one that's funded under LA County Public Health Department Office of Violence Prevention. And essentially what Nikki, myself, and our other colleague Monica focus on is we, we have a monthly coalition where we meet with community leaders and organizations throughout the San Gabriel Valley to uh, come up with effective and uh, culturally relevant ways to reduce violence. Specifically for this year, we're going to be focusing on gun violence. Great, great. Uh, two words that stood out, effective and culturally relevant. That, that's, uh, that's important, right? Yeah, that's something that our executive director is really focused on because, uh, as you know, prevention is not a one-size-fits-all. Right. Every community is different. Every every struggle from every individual is 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 unique to everyone. So we want to make sure that it's it's going to be impactful. That we make sure we're we're making a change, and that we're also doing something that is going to speak to to our different cultures in the San Gabriel Valley. We're fortunate to have so many different pockets of different cultures. And we, we try to make sure that everyone's included when we come up with any programming. 
Wonderful, wonderful. Now, speaking about different cultures, uh, mm-hmm. our, our second uh, guest right over here, Mrs. Nikki, uh, she comes from a place called Holland, right? Yeah, the, the Netherlands. The Netherlands. That's correct. And so we, we have a transplant that just loves California, yeah. I'm guessing, right? <laughs> you know, once you're here. Uh, so, so Nikki, tell us a little about your role in day one and what you do. Yeah, so my the position is called an uh, outreach and engagement coordinator. And what I do is I help Daniel with the grants and everything with violence prevention. So I am a lead of the youth advocate program here in Pomona. And I also develop curriculum, presentations for families, for young people to educate them about yeah, violence prevention. Uh, we do tabling events, outreach events to, uh, yeah, do all those yeah things. Basically. Wonderful, yeah, wonderful. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sitting here and I, 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 I kind of trip out, you know, because my two guests right over here, uh, one, we, his name is Daniel Fong. Uh, now, again, if you're not watching the live video, uh, you would have a certain image, I'm guessing, in your mind. Now, if you're watching the video, uh, and for those who are not, I'm sitting next to a Chicano right here, it looks like, you know, I mean, another another Latino-American, you know, growing up in the SGV. So, and I see him, but when I hear, hear the name Fong, mm. uh, it, it throws me off. And then, of course, Nikki over here, you know, we, we, have, a, we have that Dutch accent, you know, that kind of just sneaks on through. You know, so I, I I really feel it's a great place to grow up in California because of the multiculturalism, and 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 no matter where you're from, if you got something in your heart that motivates you to make change within the community, somehow California and the nonprofits always find a place uh, that we could call home, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So so uh, be, be, for the listeners, Daniel, uh, tell me a little bit about again the Daniel Fong. Uh, you're you're yeah yeah no worries. I, you're I a big race, I'm guessing, this. right? I am, I am. Um, my my mom is from Guadalajara, Mexico, uh, Jalisco, Mexico, and my dad is actually from Ecuador. So um, you know, I am mainly uh, Hispanic Latino, uh, but the interesting part of me where where the Fong comes in is out in Ecuador, Peru, a lot of those Southern American yeah. countries, there's quite a big population of uh, Asian South Americans that I would say uh, have, have been there for decades. So for example, my great grandfather, um, he migrated from my understanding to Ecuador from mainland China uh, in his early 20s. I'm not exactly sure what age or what year that might have been. Great grandfather. Um, yeah. Great so grandfather. I'm, I'm going to guess the early 1900s, like, uh, you know, yeah. turn of the century maybe, huh? Yeah, definitely, okay. definitely. Um, I My dad's from the 60s. His dad must be from the 30s. So yeah, early 19th century, right? Yeah. I, I, I never really put that together, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. 100 um, years ago, that's when your family came. Uh, yeah. Right? And kind of. and just since then, the, the name has been passed down. And, yeah. you know, just I, I know I'm, it's not going to be the last time that I, I get this question, but yeah, I've... Growing up, most people were taken aback, right? They, they'd hear me speaking Spanish or they would see me and they'd be like, no, you're not a Fong. Uh, the most interesting one was when I was in college at Cal State LA. Um, first day of semester, I had a, a professor ask me to pull out my ID, my driver's license, yeah. and prove to him that I was Daniel Fong. Yeah. He, I guess, had had an experience with other students taking classes for other kids or whatever it might be. It, but yeah, I that was the most interesting one where they're like, prove to me that you are, your name is Daniel Fong. Yeah. 
Yeah. I remember, uh, again, before we met face-to-face, I mean, again, we had probably been talking to each other for at least a month or two, mm-hmm. so I had a totally different image in my, <laughs> my, my mind. So when I met you, it caught me off guard. I was really surprised. And, uh, but I really think it would have been kind of a trip if, you're, if your dad and mom named you Juan. <laughs> hey, what's up, Mom? Juan Fong? You know? <laughs> that definitely would have been two completely yeah. contrasting right. names. But yeah, Juan yeah. Fong. I, I, I hope, you know, they thought about that before. Yeah. I, I'll go home and I'll ask them later. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pull them up on the phone and be like, hey, why Daniel? Right? Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah. So Nikki, uh, tell us a little bit about your journey here to the to Southern California. Yeah, um, I came one and a half years ago. So it was in 2021. And my husband, he got a fellowship at UCR Riverside oh, all right. to do uh, research there. So I joined and um, then I wasn't able to work in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did volunteer work. Uh, we love volunteers here at the Southern California <laughs> Service <laughs> yes, Corps. Okay. Yes. I did. I did it in a botanic garden, so it was uh, really different than than like nonprofit work or yes. uh, this work. Um, and then my uh, yeah visa like got accepted like for for me to work here as well. And I worked in the Netherlands for a nonprofit uh, for five years, uh-huh. uh, like mainly focused on youth participation. Uh, and student participation. So I was kind of looking for a little bit like in that line, right? So yes. uh, that's where my passion is, working with students, working, listening to them, hearing from them what what what's going on and trying to um, like get that information and influence or persuade uh, adults. Like this is what the youth is saying and it's a good thing to listen to them because yes. they know what's going on, right? They are seeing things that we are not seeing so uh and yeah that, i found that here at day one so that's that's really nice nice yeah and, and where the where in the netherlands are you from uh i live of i lived in utrecht that's in the middle uh, say that one more time real slowly for us <laughs> californians <laughs> utrecht. utrecht utrecht yes but i my work was in or my office was in amsterdam okay Probably everybody knows Amsterdam. Sure, sure. <laughs> I, I've taken at least three backtracking trips to Amsterdam. Oh, nice, so I've been there nice. winter, spring, and summertime. <laughs> oh, great. And uh, I actually met, uh, you know, I like to talk to people. So I, one of the last trips I took to Amsterdam, I was able to interview a number of nonprofit uh, type people oh. uh, in Vondel Park. Oh, nice. Uh, so it, it, it's, uh, there definitely seems to be a lot of people that, that are focused on that type of work. Uh, that care enough uh, to lead a life of, of of helping others. Yeah, uh, over there. Do you, in the do you remember the the names of it? Uh, one was a, in particular, the one that that uh, sticks in my mind was a group uh, that would work with women that were immigrants, in, in particular, maybe from Morocco or or some somewhere uh, in in northern Africa. Okay. Uh, but they would help with domestic violence, and 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 in particular, uh, again, a lot of the women, I guess, that migrate. Mm-hmm. to Amsterdam from from North African countries can be very much taken advantage of and also feel very alone and, and uh, out of place within a new country. So uh, there seems to be a lot of groups that are supportive uh, and that that work with, with immigrants that are coming in to help transition them into the community uh, to be good members of the community. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah all right. Well, uh, well, let's get back to day one. But before we get back to day one and learn about what they're doing, we're going to take a short little station break and uh, 
then when we come back, you'll learn more about all the great work that Day One is currently involved in. All right. Today's podcast is brought to you by Day One, a nonprofit that serves the San Gabriel Valley. Hey everyone, dropping in to share some information about Day One. If you'd like to learn more about what we're doing, you can follow us on Instagram at Day One Do. That's D A Y, the number one, D O, or on our violence prevention Instagram page at One Village SGV, where you have three offices one in Pasadena, one in El Monte, and one here in Pomona. And we also have our website, goday1.org. See you there. Okay, hey, welcome back. We're here at the Pomona Promise Network Podcast at downtown Pomona uh, in the Positive Pomona Production Studio. And today we have in studio Mr. Daniel Fong from Day One and his co-host, Nikki. So, Daniel... Uh, we learned a little bit about the, the inception of day one, how it started in the late 80s, how somebody saw that there was a need to address the drug issues, in particular the crack epidemic that was happening in the 80s. But over the last you know 20 years uh, or so, that it, it has really grown the services to include violence prevention and a few other things. Uh, it's 2023. Can you please tell us what is day one currently involved in what what kind of good work are they doing throughout our community oh man i i wish we had almost everyone from our team here because day one focuses on so many different aspects um just recently we wrapped up one of our toma initiatives which was um focused on income tax credit and making sure that we help folks uh get the maximum on their returns and they would help them um essentially do their taxes at no cost for for a lot of families and also make sure that they once again get the maximum i i I wish i had the numbers with me but from my understanding they help hundreds of families in the san gabriel valley and dollar amount i can't you know i I really don't know but i'm willing to bet it was in the almost hundreds of thousands as well yeah Mm -hmm. that's just one of our um other projects our biggest grant at day one is Uh, substance abuse and prevention control. I was actually on that grant for a few years focusing on DUI prevention and education. Ah. Uh, They're doing a lot of great work. They just recently hosted a press conference in San Gabriel for National Prevention Week, which is actually this week. Um, And that's focused on, once again, uh, helping folks learn about the dangers of drug use. Um, At this press conference specifically, we had... uh, Congresswoman Judy Chu come out and speak as her experience in San Gabriel Valley. We also had uh, someone by the name of Dominic Corey, who is the field representative for um, Assembly Member. Um, oh man, I am blanking on this name. I I know we can cut this. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what district is he out of? Uh, more towards Pasadena or over here? Cordentino. There we go. Cordentino. Yeah, okay. Assembly Member. Okay, let me start that up. Um, so at this press conference, we had several guest speakers like Congresswoman Judy Chu. We also had Dominic Corey, who is a field representative for Congress member, um, not Congress member, sorry, Assembly member, um, Portantino. And a lot of great speakers, a lot of organizations and also students sharing their experience with drug use as well. So another side of the work that we do, um, 
as I mentioned, over 10 years we've grown. In the past, we've also had some nutrition education workshops. Um, as I mentioned, our violence prevention is some of our newest work. Uh, one of our longest contracts at day one as well has been centered around tobacco education. So my coworkers, Alicia and Dominic, they're currently working in the Pomona San Dimas area, but previously they've done really great work with multi-unit housing uh, policies in Sierra Madre and Pasadena and other cities, um, I would say in the East San Gabriel Valley. Um, one of our other newest grants, which I, I'm, I apologize, Hamas, if you're listening to this, uh, I might butcher it, but it is uh, centered around watershed and conserving um, rainfall water. So oh, interesting. It's, it's one of the most interesting projects that we are working on. I know it's a pretty big project. Uh, he, he manages um, the needs of the community with... Uh, I would say high up folks that can really pass some strong laws as well. That's interesting because, you know, when we think about Southern California, uh, we don't really think about a lot of water uh, coming down. But however, (laughs) this last year, 2023, we've had quite a bit of water. And so day one, I mean, going from a substance abuse kind of prevention agency to not even focus on watershed issues. That is, that is a, and it's quite interesting, and I and I could definitely see how all things are related. You whether it be health, uh, nutrition, violence prevention, substance abuse, uh, how to make a whole person mm-hmm. ha- happy and joyful without all the dramas of life. Uh, you, you need to have a very rounded uh, type of education, right? You have to have understanding of, of different aspects of life, right? So, Nikki, what about you? Uh, what are some of the things that that you find, uh, I guess, most rewarding about your work these days? I think my contact with the students. So I try to, um, like every week we have youth advocates in Pomona and um, I developed a program. So no, so normally they get presentations about like all the things we do at day one or we uh, invite guest speakers so that they are more educated about things that are going on in Pomona or we learn them skills or those sort of things. Um, but what I lately tried to do was to also teach them a little bit more to be like more critical citizens. So um, I challenged them to come up with an own project, um, to like come out of their shell, right? Yeah. To um, interview residents about problems and that it's that it's scary. That is, it's scary to speak to strangers, uh, but that's the more important, I think, for them to learn those skills. Uh, and I try to make those days really interactive. So it's not only listening to what we have to tell uh, them, but it's more about, okay, what are your opinions? Uh, what do you think about this problem? Or what do you think is the best solution for this problem? So I try to like teach them those kind of things, I guess. Yeah. Critical thinking skills. Yeah. It's yeah. very important, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I think so too. You know, uh, last mm-hmm. week I had a group of students here in the podcast studio and we're talking about their thoughts about green spaces, parks, and, and community gardens. And, you know, one of the things I think about when I work with young people in particular, and, and since you guys also, I'm, I'm pretty sure perhaps you you want to you feel the same, is that uh, it seems that at least within the last 100 years, uh, at, at least with 100 years, a lot of the movements that created great change within our society and within our culture have been driven by, by youth. Exactly. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yes. And so to to find ourselves as 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 adults, as caring adults, 
that want to live in a better world, uh, taking on the career where we spend time with uh, transitioning age youth to help guide them and, and to nurture their talents and, and help them to create a better world for all of us to live in, yes? So, Daniel, what is some of the most rewarding work, uh, uh, the rewarding things about your work? Yeah, so I think um, kind of building off of what Nikki said, it, it is definitely working with youth. I, um, As a matter of fact, I was a youth advocate at day one Pasadena when oh. I was in high school. Okay, all right. Yeah, so, so full, full circle for you, circle. Daniel. Mm-hmm. Exactly, right. full circle. I, I have the opportunity to pay it forward. Yes. Um, and I get to basically be on the opposite end and see the students grow up and and be the young leaders of the future as well. Um I, as we mentioned, you know, day one started to help youth prevent them from from drug use, right? So mm-hmm. although we work on very different topics around public health, I will say the core aspect of our organization is youth development and leadership skills, right. uh, teaching them how to be advocates for themselves and learn that nothing's impossible. If, if you plan, if you organize, you can change the world. doesn't matter how young you are, right? So... For me, being a, a former youth advocate and now being in this role, being able to to share my experiences um, with with the new generation is honestly one of the most rewarding things. And I think um, a lot of us uh, at day one, we we owe it to our executive director. She she sees the value in us, and I want to say maybe half of our staff are all former youth advocates. That you know, we went off to, we we went through the program in high school. Uh, we went off to college, got our degrees, came back, and she she gave us the opportunity to to pay it forward as well. And that it, it always adds uh, to the work that we do when we are a product of that community. Um, I I grew up in Pasadena. However, I had family out here in Pomona. We had relatives in through you know La Puente, El Monte, different areas. So. Um, I'm very much a product of the San Gabriel Valley, and I know uh, one of our newer coworkers, Mario. He he's also from Pomona, so that's one of the things that we we try to um, do at Day One. Or our executive director does is she really wants homegrown leaders to be the ones who essentially pass the torch to our future generations. We grew up, we saw how our community has changed and what the real issues are. And we, we want to give those tools to, to the next generation so that they build off of the work that we're doing and they, they keep doing amazing things. That's wonderful. You know, I had a chance to meet your executive director, in particular the first time when I met her was at the event in Pasadena for Thanksgiving. It was a, a dinner that welcomed back uh, old participants as well as is bringing in the current participants. And I was able to interview a few of the, the participants for day one and and just the feeling of, of, of family and togetherness and, and, and the joy, it, it definitely didn't seem just like a, like a corporate organization uh, that it's there to serve, but it felt like a very heartwarming uh, family uh, just filled with joy to, to be around each other and, and to help each other grow. Yeah, I, once again, that elaborating a little off of that, that's our Thanksgiving dinner where um, at this point, I don't know how many years we've done it, I, close to 10 or probably even more, no, definitely more. Um, we invite our alumni and they get to to not only interact and learn about what the current youth are working on, but also essentially become a mentor to them as well. Uh, it's, it's It just naturally happens where they get to network and then they're like, 
our, our current students see our former students. I'm thinking of one specifically, Gabby. She, you know, we met her at one of our summer school programs where she was on the verge of getting kicked out at the last school, right? Like yeah. almost one of the last opportunities she had in high school. Um, the school's district was, I believe, ready to just give up on her. Um, but our director saw something in her and and didn't give up on her. And right now she she's a teacher's assistant at UCLA oh, wow. after graduating Berkeley wow. as well. So um, it, it's very inspiring for the current youth to see that and and be like, wow, you you know you were labeled as a bad kid and they they were ready to give up on you and now you're you're amongst the top doing amazing work and. Uh, from my understanding, she's working to become a uh, epidemiologist, which right. we we rarely have any in LA County. I would say, let alone from a Latino background, right? Yeah. Someone who who grew up in the hood and knew knows what it's like to to view the world from that perspective of no one they're they're getting ready to give up on you, right? Yeah, so having yeah. someone like that in that position is only gonna not only serve her but also thousands in the future as well. Right. You know, uh, many years ago, or the 25 years ago, I was one of those uh, labeled high-risk, high-need youth that they wanted to give up on because of the, the trouble that I was causing. Uh, however, you know, a good mentor came into my life and helped steer my life in, the, in a positive direction. And when you said the word epidemiologist, uh, again, I don't hear that word too, too much. We don't hear too many people in that career. But I remember meeting a, a woman named Billy Weiss. Um, when I started in my 20s and started getting into gang intervention work, I met Billy Weiss, and she was part of the Violence Prevention uh, Initiative, uh, and I forget what the actual organization was called, but she was the first person that I met that was in the position to be an epidemiologist that saw violence as a uh, as a, a public health a public concern. health concern. Mm-hmm. A public health concern. Yeah. And, and for those don't, that don't know what epidemiologists do, can you maybe shine a little light on what an epidemiologist does? I even have a little time saying that word. I have to say it very slowly. So I don't know. Maybe Daniel could tell us what an epidemiologist does. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I Should we Google know. it? Let's, let's Google it. But I, I can try. Um, from my understanding, an epidemiologist is someone who, who looks at data and specifically um, – public health data and sees how that can, um, how we can make programming or, or work around that to, to create a safer environment for, for the future generations as well. Um, but I think Andy just pulled it up right here. So Okay, let's see. Uh, Google Dictionary. The branch of medicine which deals with the incident, distribution, and possible control of disease and other factors relating to health. So violence is a disease. Uh, and, of course, the opposite of disease is harmony, uh, dis-ease, not being at ease. Mm. So, you know, at, at one point as a gang-involved youth in the 90s, uh, yeah, I, now that as I'm an adult, I could definitely see how violence was a disease, is a disease, and how we can address that as a public health concern mm-hmm. by bringing people in uh, to help, I guess, people going through it to navigate to healthy adulthood, I suppose, right? And uh, there's full circle. things that we could do to help people. Exactly. Full circle, Andy. Actually, Billy Wise, from my understanding, was one of the most crucial elements of establishing the L.A. County 
Office of Violence Prevention, yes. which is the grant that we're under. All right. right? So you shout out shared, to Billy Wise. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Billy Wise. Um, we're actually hoping to have her uh, join one of our coalition meetings in the near future. Um, but yeah, you know, she was very instrumental in in shifting that for for the county, realizing like, hey, violence isn't something that we um, isn't something that we can just intervene in. It's not something that we focus on after the fact. It's something that we can prevent yes. from intervention to prevention. Right. Um, so luckily she, she did a lot of great work and, um, now we have this new office of violence prevention that is focused on that exact process of making sure that we, we look at violence as a preventative lens through a preventative lens and how we can prevent, you know, especially Latino, black kids, kids of color, um, to get thrown into that system of just being recycled through, through jail or... Um, she of that lens that prevents students from being tossed in jail and come back with no resources, go back into the jail system, right? So mm-hmm. rather than intervening and just saying, hey, you know, the crime happened already. Now we just got to be, uh, we got to punish that individual. No, let's let's try to get to the point where we can prevent this so that it doesn't happen in the future at yes. all. Yes. You know, uh, again, a lot has changed since I've been in high school in the 90s. Uh, in the 90s, again, gang intervention and, and youth violence was on an all-time rise. Uh, however, I, again, with Billy Wise and, and, and many of the gang intervention workers throughout L.A. County, uh, late 1990s and early 2000s, uh, through the, the Juvenile Justice Crime Prevention Act in particular, the Shifter Cardenas Crime Prevention Act, uh, for the last 20 years, there's been an incredible shift on how we work with, in particular, juveniles. Uh, within our uh, within our region, uh, so I, I I don't see I don't see the same type of violence that it was happening in the eighties and nineties. Uh, things have changed a little bit. Like I don't see gang members in particular that are pelones that are dressed a certain way. Uh, I, I don't see a lot of these things, and I, I'm I'm guessing I'm hoping that it was because of the the programs that took place that focus on violence intervention. And, and seeing it as, as a disease and, and a public health concern that within the last 20 years, there has been a, 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 a positive turn uh, and there has been less people, less young people that have been put in jail or killed at an early age. Uh, however, we still have several issues within our community uh, continuing with, with drug use and, and, and violence in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I only wish we had more time to really kind of go into to, to the whys behind it. But as we are running out of time, uh, I, I would like to kind of end off on, on, on two notes. Uh, one, uh, please share with us, Daniel and Nikki, what are, what are programs that, that youth or parents of youth uh, can get involved in? And how can, how, they, how can they connect with day one to get involved in to, to improve their life or their, their family relationships? Um, and two... How do you guys want to see our future unfold? I mean, what are some 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 positive things that that you see on on the forefront that will really help to in, improve our communities to be better? Yeah, um, would you like to? I can talk a little bit about uh, Heal the Hearts if you. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. we uh, came up with um, a new like plan starting this summer already. Uh, it's called the Heal the Heart series, where we uh, plan activities that have to 
do with like social connection and healing. So for example, um, and, and sound bath, yoga, um, uh, day dan dancing, um, painting, painting indeed. So all things where people can meet each other um, and connect with each other, um, be with each other in a safe space. Uh -huh. um, so um, yeah, that's something we are starting in Pasadena. I'm, okay. not, I'm not sure on the date when. First Friday of July, every Friday in, Ju in July. Okay, yeah. So we're starting with in, Ju in, in July in Pasadena with youth. Okay. Uh, and then we also want to do it with, for example, only men or uh, only uh, women. Um, so we're gonna yeah have several like clusters of, uh, of, of events. Um, we also have our youth advocate program what's, that starts again after the summer. So if youth want to learn like things after school with us um, uh, and also want to be like in a space that's safe uh, with us, uh, also learn things that they don't learn at school, um, connect with other people that they don't meet at school, um, then they can join us there as well. All right. Um, yeah. Hopefully one day you'll, you have some class like that in Pomona too, huh? That's what we're hoping. I, th I think we're going to, we're planning for November. Okay. Uh, November yeah. of this year, we're going to do the same thing um, like we're doing in Pasadena uh, just for youth out here in Pomona. So essentially we're going to have different cohorts yeah. throughout the different cities that we work in. So uh, definitely stay tuned. We'll, we'll share more information once we're getting ready to come out. But All we're right. excited to start this this summer as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And what, what other programs? So I say Heal the Heart. Was that Heal the Heart? Heal the Heart. Okay. And, and any other programs that are open for young people or, or, or parents to get their child involved in? Yeah, I think uh, to, to your question about how can, you know, how can we get involved or how can, how can we try to prevent violence as well? I think violence is so broad. Right. right there's there's so many different aspects of violence and um to the point of not seeing so many gang members anymore and and growing up in a different environment i i 100 agree with you you know i um i might be hard to believe but pasadena does have some hood areas sure, too, sure. right <laughs> um it's like p-town over here huh? <laughs> exactly so i remember you know walking home from school sometimes where i would have to avoid certain areas because I knew they were gang affiliated, right? Mm -hmm. I, I didn't want, I, uh, all jokes aside, I didn't want no smoke, right? right. Um, so uh, now what we're seeing is a lot of the violence that happens is either underreported, which yes. I'm sure was happening back in the day too, right? Um, or it's just happening um, online as well, especially yes. when we're talking about youth. Uh, we, we've all heard the term cyberbullying, um, I, I think in my personal opinion, it, it just has this connotation to it, like cyberbullying, like, oh, just get over it. Like, you know, six and stones may hurt, you know, right. that type of saying. But the effect that it has on students, on their mental health and, and their self-esteem is something that I, I don't think we have enough studies on. We, you know, we know mental health is important. We know that youth at this age are very susceptible to to anything and everything, right? Yes. But small comments here and there from their peers or or being tagged in in memes that might be, you know, bullying those kids for lack of a better word affects them. 
and and because they're students and they're young, they don't they don't necessarily know how to express themselves, and they they hold a lot of that in. So, um, what I would recommend to families or youth out there is is get involved, get 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 those students to any sort of organization. The San Gabriel Valley is full of them. We have not only day one, like we you know we we want to share share the wealth with with others. Um, there's NCADD, there's prototypes, there's Young and Healthy, so many different organizations throughout the San Gabriel Valley. So uh, just do a Google search, you know, youth, leadership, after school program, even Boys and Girls Club. You know, that, that's one that's very, very readily available. But I say that to say, as I was a former youth advocate, there were things that I shared with my mentors or, or the folks at day one that I would have never shared with my parents mm-hmm. because I, as, as a kid, you're, you're scared to tell your parents. You're like, man, I'm going to get in trouble if I tell you what I really did or what happened here. Um, having that outlet to be able to share the way you're feeling to someone who isn't your family, who, yeah. who can't quote unquote, get you in trouble, um, is, is, necessary for these kids they they need this healthy outlet where they can share um so that's what i would like to see a lot more youth involvement and and not just the youth but also family involvement like we're we're all glued to our phones uh our devices they're they're extremely helpful but sometimes we miss that connection of just saying like hey how are you doing yes right so just just sitting down with your parent, with if you have children, whoever it might be, just, just doing that quick mental health check. Like, mm-hmm. how are you doing? How was your week? And and trying to go deeper than, oh, it was okay. You know, like asking more questions, like what else can we do? Um, and just taking advantage of a lot of free events. I can't tell you how many organizations out there are doing great work throughout the summer, all year long, that are completely free and open to everybody. Um, but whether it's just promotion or other plans or whatever it might be, just seeing a family come out to a movie night that we host and having them connect during that hour or two that they're there is much better than just, you know, everyone being off in their separate rooms, on their phones, playing video games, whatever it might be. There just needs to be more connection, I would say, amongst families and, and others too, so... That would be my hope for the future. Um, that would be my recommendation of how to get involved and how to do different things too. Like, um, just do a Google search, see what mm-hmm. else is out there, and 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 attend some of these free events. You know, I just thought a uh, uh, an idea came to my head. It'd be nice if there was an app or a website that was called Free Events Southern California. <laughs> you know, where you could just look at one place and we would all input our information because you're right. Uh, there are a lot of wonderful events hosted by nonprofits and other organizations, and you could really have a good time culturally in Southern California without having to spend too much money. Um, now, um, please, as we end up, uh, let the audience know what is the best way to get a hold of you guys. Is it is it through email, their website? Their, uh, you guys have a, a place for them to visit. Uh, share that contact information for the community. Sure thing. So um, we can share our emails and then we'll share our social media handles as well because I think that's that's another great way of not only, like I just mentioned, having folks know what we're working on, what events are coming up, but also uh, just a quick DM, right? It's the direct message through Instagram. We'll get that. We'll, we'll make sure we respond. But uh, my email is daniel, 
B-A-N-I-E-L, at godayone.org. It's all spelled out, so that's G-O-D-A-Y-O-N-E dot org. Yes, and mine is uh, Nikki uh, at godayone.org. So N-I-K-K-I, and then the same as Daniel. Yeah. Yeah, and so for our social media handle, um, our violence prevention-specific one would be at one village SGV spelled out. Um, and our general Instagram would be at day one do that's D A Y the number one D O. All right. And you guys have, uh, three locations. Correct. Pasadena. Tell us where that Pasadena location is at. Yeah. So our Pasadena location is conveniently located right across the street from city hall. So if you've ever been to Pasadena city hall, we're just to the right, which is the north side. Um, if if you've ever gotten a ticket and you've gone to the Pasadena courthouse, we're right behind the courthouse. So sandwiched right between courthouse and uh, city hall. Now the second is El Monte. Are you still in the Jeff Seymour Center? Correct. Okay. That's the Jeff Seymour Center. It was previously the Mohal Elementary School. It's a decommissioned elementary school, which is now a resource hub of nonprofit organizations. Uh Located right next to the El Monte Airport. So right. if you do a quick Google search of Jeff Seymour Center, um, we're one of the uh, rooms in that center. And the third location, of course, here in Pomona, P-Town, in downtown Pomona, yes? Correct. We are here in Pomona. Uh, we are very fortunate to have a great partnership with the School of Arts and Enterprise. So we are actually at their foundation room or center which is um, off of 2nd Street. If you're familiar to Pomona, that's the Chase Bank building across the street from the Fox Theater. Uh, on one of the sides, there is a door that will have day one branding and it will also have uh, School of Arts and Enterprise branding. So we are that's where we're located, right in the downtown heart of Pomona. All right. So again, if you're a youngster, you're a high school student, or you're a parent or guardian of a young person, uh, day one is definitely an organization that you want to get your young person involved in. It helps really to uh, to build character and gives a young person a, a mentorship that, that really is helpful along the way, yes? Yeah, as I mentioned, I'm a former youth advocate myself. I, I encourage all students to come to any of our youth advocate programs. Uh, they are hosted on different days of the week, so just check our Instagram, see what days they are. But honestly, it... The things I learned at day one and what I would say to any student listening, um, you won't know the benefits that you're getting from this program until years down the road. Um, for example, public speaking, I will say when I first went to day one as a high school student, I was kind of shy. I, I didn't want to you know, do a lot of talking, um, but through encouragement and practice, uh, our, my mentors Took me to city council. They they told me, you know, just the mayor and the council are just other people. You can do it. You can you can talk to them. Let them know what the issues are, and yeah, that was I think the start of just learning how to be a great public speaker and mm -hmm. and even just going to weekend events and helping them without knowing knowing it. I I was developing that skill. So by the time I got to college. Um, I was 100% comfortable advocating for myself. If there was a professor getting a little out of line or, or you know, students weren't sharing, I was up there doing what I got, what I had to do. And um, it really it really made me stand out too. So yes. uh, for students out there, come join our program. 
the more you attend, the more you get out of it, right? right? We're not telling you you have to come every single week. We understand students are very involved this time, whether it's sports, after school curriculars, whatever it might be. But the more you join our program, the more benefit you'll you'll reap in the future. And you know, one of my mentors in the past, and the name Bernardo Rosa, used to tell me is that you know, ninety percent of life is just showing up. Mm-hmm. And so we we encourage you, young people, just to show up, and you just never know what's going to happen after that. Yeah. All right, Nikki, you got any uh, shout out comments on your end? So I just want to say that I think sometimes the the idea of young people is that. I don't know, they're on their phone, they're like doing things that they don't supposed to do, right? But uh, I think at day one, we we trust young people and I think that reflects in, in the program. Um, and I think that's, that's important for them, right? That they feel supported, that they feel uh, that they are worth, wow, right? So uh, yeah, I think I will end with that. All right. <laughs> Well, we want to really thank you guys for tuning in to the Pomona Promise Network podcast. And down here at the Positive Pomona Production Studio, it's a a mouthful, I know, (laughs) Uh, here in downtown Pomona. Again, we really appreciate you tuning in and and learning more about some of the wonderful organizations and the leaders that run them here in our community. So uh, if you find this this podcast of value, uh, please remember to to like, uh, to share, and to subscribe if you want to hear more. So we will we'll catch you guys on the streets. See you later, P-Town. Peace. Bye. All right.